Welcome to the First Time Go podcast. I'm Benjamin Ducek. Wendy Korn is here today. Wendy is an award-winning documentary filmmaker whose films have been featured at South by Southwest and other festivals. Today we'll talk about her successful Seed and Spark crowdfunding campaign for Exit Strategy, From Scared to Sacred. If a filmmaker is judged by how much they attempt to understand the human condition, well, by that criteria, Wendy is a phenomenal filmmaker. As you'll hear in this conversation, she's always taken the extra steps to make her work as authentic as possible. We talk about so many things. Death haikus, how both cremation and burial are bad for the environment. The bartending helps make you a fantastic documentary filmmaker that you never expected to hear on an indie film podcast. Welcome to the First Time Go podcast, Wendy Korn. Wendy, how are you today? So, so good. Happy to be here. <laughs> well, I'm happy you're here as well. Talk a little bit about your film Exit Strategy. Before we get into that, I just wanted to ask, how did you decide to get into filmmaking? So I think I've always loved film and moving pictures. And even as a child, I was sort of obsessed with films. And I remember watching like these old films with my father. But I come from a generation being Gen X, uh, where my parents were not so encouraging about me getting into the arts. And I think it's a generational thing, but they wanted to have me be much more of a traditional job, like being a teacher or something. Right. And so I I think it's different with uh, the younger generations now. And I, I feel like I had to sort of like fight my way into this world. But I also hid behind a marketing desk for years because I went for you know, a job, a safe job. And so is one of the things you found out is that like to be successful in documentary filmmaking as you have been, that you almost need to like get away from the safety net and just go for it? Yeah, I mean, and <laughs> and I think there's there's something of living a dual life, which is that, you know, having a quote unquote day job right. or for me right now, I also bartend, you know, while I am making a film. Because right. it, making the film itself is not is not where the income comes from. Right. That shouldn't deter anyone from making a film. But wouldn't you say like bartending is also one of those things where it's somewhat similar to documentary filmmaking in the sense that you're talking with people, you're having a conversation, you're finding out their stories, discovering their life. You're able to kind of uh, hone in on like what's important to them. And and uh, I bet it sort of melds into one that helps the other and vice versa. I think so. You know, it, it's kind of like I'm a bartender in life, you know, like I'm, I'm always like behind <laughs> oh, so the bar or behind right. a camera lens. Right. So I'm like this voyeur, I'm backstage. So it is, it is sort of like my orientation in life is that and sort of like serving or, conversing or seeking, asking people questions that are beyond yes, no, like really getting them to open up. That may be what makes a successful documentary filmmaker. So can you talk a little bit about how Exit Strategy came to be? Sure. So um, I'm also going to back up and just say that the last time I made a feature documentary was like 20 years ago. And, And then I had a big sort of pause in my career. I made a film about laughter as sacred healing medicine called Praise Ha. And then, as I mentioned earlier, I've I've always worked in marketing 
you know, and I've done a lot of promotional videos and marketing videos and tug your heartstrings, kind of philanthropic fundraising type videos. So I've always been in the in the film scene, but I wasn't specifically like filmmaker making features. Right. That said, Exit Strategy from Scared to Sacred came up because it was sort of the result of having gone through being my mother's end of life caretaker. So she died in early in the pandemic in May of 2020. And I recognized a lot of like what I call omissions, like a lot of like what wasn't happening, that people were calling to console me. And I ended up consoling them because they didn't know what to say. They didn't know how to show up or what to right. do. And I was like, wow, there is something wrong with how we are dying in this culture. And as a result, I went on to become an end of life doula. And I decided that I wanted to really give away these tools and the understanding of how we can all be more at peace with this inevitability that we're all going to die. And so right. how do we become more comfortable with that? What a topic. And then when you were talking with others about it, what were their reaction to when you told them, I'm going to make a documentary about this? Yeah, they kind of they kind of stopped in their tracks. When I share it with people, like it's not exactly cocktail conversation. <laughs> if I'm bartending and they learn I'm a filmmaker and they're like, oh, what's your film about? And I'm like, hey, it's about death. You know, it's 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 a little tough. But when I you know, step into it a little more and I say, listen, this is this is very much needed because culturally, particularly Western culture, not good at it. And we as a culture need to move on from the way it's always been done. I say in air quotes, like, you know, going back, like people have this perception that you're either six feet under in some expensive casket or you're cremated. And neither of those options are good, actually. Cremation takes up a huge carbon footprint and it's not good for the environment. And then caskets are its own racket in the funeral business that really takes advantage of people who are mourning. And now there's all these different alternative disposition options, which is something that I'll be discussing in the film. Like, okay. It could be a tree. You could be composted. Like I'm sure that you've been seeing this. And also Gen Z is coming into the picture saying, yeah, we want to do death differently. And now there's something called death tech, you know, so it's right. really moving into like what what is possible. And through this film, Wendy, have you maybe this is too personal, but have you decided like did this give you some sort of insight into how you would want to happen after your death? Yeah, it's a good question. And actually, I thought cremation was the way to go. Like, right. I was I don't thinking want to take up space, you know, and <laughs> that seems really easy. But then after learning that it's it's actually not good, I'm like, well, you know, if I can be shrouded and organically going back to the earth as, okay. as it came from, there's a, a newer company called Transcend. We transcend.com. And I met Matthew Conkman at South by Southwest this year. And he has this idea of reforesting and becoming a tree. And it's like so much of this is like people don't know what they don't know. So I just want to shine a light on, on what's possible. Well, I think you've already changed my mind. So you decided to do a Seed and Spark campaign. Was that before or after filming? I think you're in post production now. 
Yeah, I filmed a bunch of interviews in this last year. And so I've got a lot of content. I've got a lot of brilliant talking head interviews. And why this? Why me? Why now? What's going to make this film different is how to tell the story. And in my case, I'm going to use animation and I want it to be, I want people to be shifted in their heart by the time the credit roll is coming up. So in terms of Seed and Spark, this is kind of like a production, raising monies for production and post-production. And honestly, what, what we raised, although it was considered a successful campaign, it's right. really just the tip of the iceberg. So that's one of the things I notice on Seed and Spark is that there's campaigns raising money for 5000 6000 And I wonder what your thoughts are, like, obviously, you just said that it's a tip of the iceberg, but I wonder what your thoughts are sort of on those lower campaigns. It's sort of like a, a it becomes maybe a burden, right? It's because you may, may have had a successful campaign, but now you have donors who are looking for a film and maybe you've set a lower price than what you can actually film the your documentary in. So you're sort of like trapped and almost having to finish it to make sense with your donors, but then you're not able to do it at the quality that you would like. So your campaign finished over 34,000. I think it's one of the higher campaigns that I've seen on Seed and Spark. And that obviously was a concerted idea to have that higher budget, even though it may not cover the full cost. What do you think made your campaign successful? First of all, the reason that it was set at a higher amount, I mean, in, initially the, the goal was 41000 I believe. And, and in the end, we raised over 35000 So not bad. And we got the green light. And even people were saying, oh, you should really 25000 would be a good goal or 20000 right. And I think that these, that a lot of filmmakers that have the bar much lower, whether or not they're making a short film or whatever, is like to kind of have a bite-sized campaign where they can actually achieve their goal. Exactly. You know? And then they can also then go back again, like Season Spark said, you know, this doesn't have to be the only time you do this. You can come back again for finishing funds. But to me, <laughs> crowdfunding, is not something I really wish upon anyone. It is so hard. I was so vulnerable. The reason right. I said it higher is because I also had several people on my team that were reaching out to their respective networks. So I thought that the reach would be larger than it was. And in the end, they they were able to have to be influencers and to have people donate. But mostly it was me. And mostly it was shaking the tree one by one and doing these personal touches. Like I come from the nonprofit world also. So I know how important it is right. to have that touch. So even though everybody got the blast email, I went back to people and said, hey, I'm not sure if you saw that email. I just want you to know it would mean the world to me if you would consider making a gift. And then people are like, oh, yeah, of course. And so a lot of it was Facebook Messenger or just texting people and reminding them over and over again that this was happening. That's awesome, Wendy. Congratulations. Can people now support the project? Yeah, I mean, and it's still going, like okay. even though that seed and spark campaign has ended we still need in mean, overall this budget is way higher than that for all the things that are involved certainly paying an amazing editor right is more than this that campaign covers absolutely and i think you sent over a link of where people can donate and i'll put that in the show notes 
What is your tentative rollout plan for the film, Wendy? Sure. So right now, the next step is creating an assembly, really, of starting to pull together the script and seeing the different verticals that I'm going to cover. And many films have like a beginning, middle, and end. And I'm right. thinking of this film more like in chapters. So I'm I'm starting to put that together, make this radio edit, and put together an assembly that I hope will be finished in the next couple months. And then I'll know what do I need to go back and film? Who do I need to get? What's going to help round out the topic? That's awesome, Wendy. I believe you're based in Austin. Is there a strong independent film culture there that will be supportive of the film? Yes. Austin Film Society is really great. They're really supportive. There, there is a decent film scene here. Seed and Spark also, some people from Seed and Spark live in Austin. Oh, cool. And they have been really helpful. Like they really made us sort of like work for the campaign. They weren't even going to approve it until I showed them my outreach plan. So it's not- Oh, wow. It's really a seed and spark is a platform for filmmakers and by filmmakers, and they are really amazing and supportive. So just a shout out to seed and spark. I agree completely. I mean, there's so many great new projects popping up every day and I wish success for all of them. It's like you said, though, it's so hard. And I think it's so vulnerable to be putting yourself out there and asking people for money for this. Uh, So I think what you're able to do and then, offer advice for others is just just fantastic. So Wendy, did you have advice for other filmmakers? Like if somebody, if I was just starting a Seed and Spark campaign, what would you suggest I do first? Yeah. So one of the things that they encourage everyone to do is to come up with incentives. So at this amount, you're going to get this, you know, at this amount, you're going to get a social media shout out. Or in our case, we came up with this idea of doing a death haiku And that was really a hit. So at the $25 (laughs) level, I was writing really sweet haikus that were personalized for people and sending them on like a graphic that was uh, animation from Yulia Lanina, who's doing the animation. I know it sounds funny, death haiku, but... Uh, but... Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, That's fantastic, Wendy. So we've learned a lot in this podcast. We've learned how to think about death, both cremation and burials are bad for the environment, that being in Austin and a bartender (laughs) and being a successful documentary filmmaker goes a long way at seeing spark campaigns. Anything else that you want to add for the future documentary filmmaker out there looking to take on the topic, Wendy? I mean, advice to any filmmaker out there is really don't let people tell you no and don't get lost in the idea of like imposter syndrome You really don't make a documentary until you make a documentary and you don't have a successful crowdfunding campaign until you just do it. And I had never done a crowdfunding before, so I didn't know what I didn't know. But just like in the process of doing it, I learned what needed to be done. I I knew that we had to create a lot of social and do that up front and schedule it out and have thank you tiles and just engage people the whole way and keep them updated. And now I have upwards of 200 people that I'm accountable to that are wanting to know like what's next. I donated X amount of money. What what you got? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think you're going to be able to pull it off, Wendy. Thanks so much for coming on the first time go podcast. I really appreciate it and continued success with the film. Thank you so much, Ben. Thanks for having me. 
Thanks for listening to the First Time Go podcast. The goal is to make life a little easier for independent creators. So if you're with me for that, give the pod a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts. Early access to episodes and other subscription benefits are available on Red Circle, Patreon, and Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to be highlighted on the show, please send an email to ben at firstgopod.com. And let's help creators get their first time go. Thank you.